Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is hour number two of Oilers Now. Of course, you can reach us on the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort and Casino excitement. Bet on it. And you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Frank Saravalli coming up. This text comes to us from Dan in Sangudo. Got two texters from Sangudo now. What are the chances on that? Who knew? Dan says, I remember in the 80s games when the Oilers uh, knew that the games were lost, all they had to offer were elbows and grit and an extra shot at guys. Shows you that you're taking pride in your team still. And my mom loved it back in the game. Again, uh, not everybody agrees. Uh, Bob, I disagree that the Oilers needed more bite in the L.A. game. They needed to skate and play with intensity. The Vegas games and the Kings games were measuring sticks for me as to how you can play in the playoffs. They outplayed Vegas and met a hot goalie. They didn't bring the effort to L.A. We don't need more fighting. We need more playing hockey with an edge. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying is they needed to play with more of an edge. Um we have more than enough players to play with an edge. The problem is that Connor and company aren't playing with an edge yet. Um, that one comes us from Farmer Ed, who says, can you put a shout-out for Nick Taylor's big win yesterday? Okay, great. Uh, you got thumbs up, or we got them on? We're good to go? Okay, let's do it. Uh, by the way, into the orders now, audio, or uh, we're going to do the orders now injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Robbie Fabry for Detroit will not be available tomorrow. Patrick Kane is just back from injury. Uh, Fabry a personal matter, and the orders are completely healthy at the NHL level. Philip Broberg's going to miss a couple games this week. Uh, we'll get an update from the farm on the Wave Bathroom Renovations Farm Report with Colin Schock at 635. But Frank Saravalli for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Live racing returns May 4th Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. For more information, go to lahorses.com. Hello, Frank. How are you? Bob, I'm pretty good. What? Uh, tell me what was on your spread for the Super Bowl. Uh, I thought the Chiefs would win. I thought they'd, you know, like win. Like I'm, no, no. I, I'm, I'm interested in the food. Oh no, no. We you know uh, actually, I ordered Royal Pizza. Oh yeah, there you go. That. What a what a what corporate synergy that is. Yes, uh, I had the Texan. Thanks in large part to Brendan. He's got. I've sort of pivoted a bit over the years from. What's on the Texan? Uh, it's kind of like. Uh, well, it's kind of like you'd expect a Texan. It's like uh, ground beef and uh, onions, and uh, in my case, a lot of salt. Uh, so you got a taco on a pizza? Kind of. That's kind of what it's like. Yeah. Uh, I also. Do you know how much like how sacrilegious that is to someone who eats regular East Coast pizza? Yeah, but so you got like, what, the New York East Coast pizza? Yeah, like real pizza. Like, you wouldn't want to well, make wait, it a wait, taco. Let's just establish right now, Royal Pizza, everything's real at Royal. There's none of that synthetic cheap crap. It's old, but it's it's big boy. It's a little bit thicker pizza. It's not like the thin... I find like that New York style thin crust pizza that we get on the bus after every games, it's too thin, man. Okay. 
you know. To each their own. To each, yeah. I mean, but you're raised in it. You know, you're an Italian guy that lives in Philly, so we'd understand mm-hmm. where it comes. I, yeah, I don't mess around when it comes to food, Eddie? first off, and I definitely don't mess around when it comes to pizza. Uh, so and, next time I'm in town, you got to take me to Royal Pizza. We'll go to Royal. Done deal. Uh, Mike Handling, the gang at Royal Pizza. All right, here's the deal. For, any surprise, by the way? Uh, I mean, you just knew Mahomes was going to find a way, didn't you? Even when they were down... At half. I mean, I saw this story last year. I was at the Super Bowl, and I was like, oh. He limped off the field at halftime, and I'm going, we got them right where we want them, and no chance. Um, I, I, you know, I wish I was paying attention because I would have been live betting Mahomes to win MVP last night in the second half. Yeah. Just well, made sense. Like, you know, I love Lamar Jackson. I do. And, but what, what I always find confusing is why do offensive coordinators get away from what they do well when they play against the Chiefs? Or is that just how well the Chiefs are coached? And they I think it also, they make you right. change things up. And, you know, watch like the critical moments of last night's game. You know, third and one, fourth and one in the fourth quarter. You think he's really throwing it to anyone? Like, that? that's... The ball's in his hands all day long. Absolutely. And that was the mistake, obviously, that Pete Carroll made. Took the ball out of the hands with Marshall Falk. I remember we watched that game in uh, San Jose, and everybody was just like, did they just do that? Did they just... They got Marshall Falk to pound it in, you know, one of the best short yardage running backs in the NFL. But, no, I, I mean, I think of the Ravens. The Ravens ran the ball pretty effectively. Now, that said, they, they went through about six different running backs, but part of what they've been able to do is run the football and they didn't run the football and then they get behind and they don't really have the offense that's built to come from behind and it didn't help that the you know the, the rookie whatever his name is uh, the receiver that they got uh, Jay Flowers dropped uh, mm-hmm. you know he had a he had a rough day at the office as well all right uh where do we want to go here how hot so we just had Mac T on we talked about the Oilers have had a lack of second the Oilers are not scoring a lot over the last even the final four or five games in the 16-game winning streak, they weren't scoring a ton. They're getting very little secondary scoring right now. Uh, they're finally going to put Sam Gagne back in because he's got five goals and ten points. We've already seen Lindholm and Monaghan go. What kind of secondary market is out there for potential scores? Oh, it's – I mean, I think it's pretty strong. And that's not necessarily – you know, I'm not, I'm not talking like upper echelon, like – elite scores like a Jake Gensel because I do think at the end of the day he's going to become available although he isn't right now um, I, I think there's I look at some of the teams and and moves that like look at what Vegas did last year with Barbashev like, yeah. it's not always about finding the sexy name it's sometimes just the right addition at the right time and I think the Oilers are going to get, you know, begin to get a little bit of that from Corey Perry, which he's just going to take him a little time to get there. But I thought it was fascinating that we, you know, saw a glimpse of him at 2RW. What does that look like? How does that potentially, is that an option at some point? Yeah. And, you know, it makes sense to me that, you know, the Oilers could use someone at some point that could distribute pucks and and do some dirty work for Leon Draisaitl. Uh, by the way, Reed uh, just mentioned to me. I believe I said uh, 
Marshall Falk. I meant Marshall on Lynch. Lynch. Yeah, it's so. all right. I, I know what you were saying. You knew I was going to. Yeah. You, you took a trip in the hot tub time machine, but it's okay. It happens once in a while. And yeah. I, you know, I can remember when I was a John Cusack fan, and then he kind of went off to the. You know what I mean? Uh, during the pandemic. Oh. What about some secondary? So let me throw a name at you that is not going to get a ton of fanfare. And, and you've already brought up someone like a Nick Dowd, for instance. But let, let me throw a name at you that I think could be really valuable to Edmonton is Brandon Duhame. Hmm. I like him a what lot. What do you think? I like him a lot. He's he t- flies. He flies. Skates like the wind. He chips in the odd goal every now and again. He had nine last year. And he forechecks his butt off and makes life difficult for the opposition and has a little bit of an edge. He's he's available. He's a guy that I think would make a ton of sense. It's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. It's still going to be a decent asset. But cap-wise, he fits. Yeah. Pending unrestricted free agent, you could keep if you loved. I, I mean, that's. I think you you start to get into this space where you make some curated selections instead of trying to reel the biggest fish into the boat. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I got a lot of time for Carrick as a fourth line right shot center as well. Uh, and people go, "Well, Bob, you're taking Derek Ryan out of the lineup." Well, Derek can play right wing. I mean, part of it mm-hmm. depends on on. I, I do think they need to add another middle six forward at some mm-hmm. point. Preferably a guy that can generate a little bit of offense. Duhame's a fourth liner. Carrick's a fourth liner for me all day. We're just getting Brendan. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about Scott Lawton? Uh, lukewarm at best on Scott Lawton. He's had a... Uh, and there's a lot of talk in Philly. Were you I, able to... I don't really know what you're trying to get me to look up here, to be honest. Are you okay? I'm on natural stat trick, though. I, I want to know where Duhame rates in time on ice on penalty killing for Minnesota. And uh, if you go... Yeah, you got to go to, like, individual, and then it breaks it down. You got to do it by the team, and then just go on those... <laughs> oh, my goodness. He only plays 10 minutes a night total, so it's... Right, he can't be... not going to be an incredibly high number. Yeah, and that's... I mean, that's a little bit of my... Because you want every... You know, like, tomorrow, Gagne is going in for Yanmark. Yanmark kills penalties. It, it's going to be a... It's going to be a decent chunk, though, because he has a shorthanded goal this year and last year. Do you hate? So for a guy that doesn't score a ton... A percentage of his his goals and looks are are on the kill. Well, he fought Evander Kane earlier this year after he ran Derek Ryan twice in one shift, right? So he had 122 penalty minutes two years ago. Yeah, no, and we like guys like that, and I think the Oilers needle. So uh, to Foley, the Devils are trying to sign to Foley. Is that right? Um, I I think they're they got a lot to figure out. Like the the way that this. Jacob Markstrom trade, which I think was, you know, pretty what? far down the track. All right, what were we ta- what, were, what were we talking about? The Devils. Yeah, what what were they and giving up? Yeah, no, what were they giving up to get uh, Markstrom? I I don't have details on what the package looked like, but I I I'm told it was pretty far down the track. Yeah. And before it ended up getting wiped away, and I don't know if it can be revisited, but. It, it gives me a pretty, and, and I think everyone else, a pretty solid indication that they're not really interested in Selling. going away quietly this year 
in in which you could really chalk up to this not being their year. Yeah, and they got the core of their young players. Obviously, Jack. But is it smart though, at Toffoli's age, and in a year in which you might not make the playoffs, to not cash in? Yeah, because they got it. They'd be able to get at least a second round pick, probably a late first round pick for him. You'd have to think. I, I would think they could get a first for him. Yeah. Uh, Gunsel. What about Jake Gunsel? Pittsburgh lost a couple games on the weekend. Minnesota. Uh, yeah, Winnipeg. look, I, I think he's he's going to be available, I think. That's my belief. And, and it's mostly centered on the way the Penguins have played. They haven't been able to generate any form of consistency this year. Um, it's a... They're, they're scratching and clawing just to get in. And if they're on the outside, you know, there's 27 days remaining until the deadline. If they're on the outside looking in, I don't envision a world in which they're keeping him to roll the dice. And they get a first. I think they have to. They, they probably get a first rounder and an A grade prospect for Jake Gunsel. He's. Yeah, it's, it's a first plus plus. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, you still have the two Calgary defensemen, one and two? Yes, and look, Calgary's got, they're in a great spot. You know, whether they keep Hannafin or not, they're going to have the premier rental defenseman available. And if it's not Hannafin, then it's Tanev. All right, Brandon And Brandon has an update for us on Brandon Duhame. <laughs> okay, I'm just, I've found something here on Natural Stat Trek. He's played about 545 total minutes this season, uh, and 98 minutes have been on the uh, penalty kill. Okay, so that's, he would, and 98 minutes, he would probably be in the second penalty killing tandem as a forward group because most of the, Oh, maybe they're they're a penalized team, but I don't. He's just under two minutes a night. Yeah, that's ninety-eight that, minutes. So he's in, he's in he's fifty-one games. He's in one of their top two forward pairings. So yeah, he's a legit he's a legitimate penalty killer. They also have Eric Zanak and Marcus Foligno that are ahead of him in this category, averaging just over two minutes. He's at one fifty-five. There we go. Good job, Brennan. Yeah, I mean, because he's got to be able to kill. Like Carrick is leading Anaheim in time on ice in the PK for forwards. And Henrique second. I'm hearing the ask for Henrique uh, Frank is a second and a third. And then the contenders are going to need another third to cut him into a quarter. So that's going to be a lot for somebody to go get Adam Henrique. What do you think? I'm surprised that they can't get a first. Well, maybe it is. Is it just because of the salary? Yeah, it might be because of the salary. Because it's five. Like, tell me wh- how. Tell me how different he is than Sean Monahan. Monahan's cheap. Not maybe not as good defensively. They skate just about the same. Oh, I think there's more guys that would like Henrik than would like Monahan at this stage. I think. I think. Um, I thought Montreal did great in that trade. Oh, I don't. I don't think there's any question about that. But is it the big differentiator between the two? Is that Monahan was making one nine five, yes. one nine, and the other guy's making five seven. So, yeah, five, yeah, five point eight. Right. So that's a huge, you know, almost three times the price. So, you, I mean, is, is that the, is that what's causing them to to fall short of? I, first? I guess if you're asking Anaheim to eat two point eight of the eight five of the five point seven left, albeit for whatever a quarter of the season. You're still asking an organization, the Ducks, to eat seven hundred thousand dollars of real dollars. 
to if you're if you're a contending team. I, I what I've heard is Eastern teams really like Henrique. He's played well against. They went on that Eastern road trip at the start of the year, won six straight games, and he was their best player on that trip. And so, you know, and he's got someone that makes a lot of sense to go back to New Jersey for me. Right, right, and I mean, he and he's also fifty-four percent in the face-off circle, even though he mostly has played left wing as the season's gone on, because they've broken it. You know, they've got Zegras who I think gets traded in the off-season, and then they've obviously got Carlson and they've got McTavish. They're gonna they're gonna be excited. He's just a really smart player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carrick all day for me. Four C right shot center kills penalties. He's got you know he's got a set on him. He'll fight anybody. Uh, you know. What about Dowd? Yeah. Well, how do you not like Dowd? I mean, he's a third liner in Washington. He's probably on a good team. He's probably a fourth line right shot center. He's got a year left. He's one point three million. If they got really creative. They get a first all day. Like if they eat on that, if they retain. They they got to get a first all day, don't they, Frank? I, I think they're getting a first anyway. Even I don't even know that you need to retain. He doesn't make. He makes so little. Have you heard anything about St. Louis? Looking, they've got a couple older guys that are in their thirties. Mm-hmm. They got lots of term. One's a right shot defenseman. He's from St. Albert, and the other one's a left shot center slash left wing who's from Saskatoon. So, obviously, we're talking about Pareko and Shen. Have you heard anything that they might be prepared to eat some money on those deals to facilitate a move, to accelerate a little bit of a turnover on their team? I have not. I, I do think the Blues are interested in a turnover. I think they're hungry to make some changes. But I, my understanding is, in talking to people close to the team in St. Louis, that they think Pareko is too valuable and they need him to be the the anchor, mm-hmm. and they said he's just had an unbelievable year this yeah, he's year. A, he's that isn't good, really being talked about. Yeah, he's had a good year. Now Shen, on the other hand, and Shen, same thing. He's not. They just named him captain earlier this season. Consistent producer, not going anywhere. Okay. And signed through twenty thirty something. Yeah, he's he's a while. Um, so we talked a bit about Toffoli. We talked about... But but wait a second. That said, the Blues are trying to turn over that defense core. And Nick Letty, I believe, is is the guy that they'd first like to start with. Too many shrubs on that defense for me. Well, well okay. That's the Ken Holland line. But more to the point, too many no trade clauses. Yeah, 100%. That that's where you get into trouble. You want to make changes to your team and the terms great. It's nice to have everyone locked up. But if things go sideways and you can't move them, as we saw this past summer with Tory Krug, that's a really tough spot to be in. You mentioned uh Dowd from Washington. They also have a top this guy's second on their team in goal scoring right now. I'm going to mention his name, and some of the fans immediately are going to go, no, we've been down this road before with former Detroit Red Wings. But when they traded for Athanasiu, he was having a horrendous season. This guy's having a good year. He's a Two second-round picks? For Mantha? That's what you think it'll take? No, it was two second-round picks for Athanasiu. Yeah, it was a bad trade. What about Mantha? What? He's not going to be in the Gunsel to Foley class. I think we agree on that. No, I'll tell you the story on on Anthony Mantha. They, the Caps, were trying desperately to move him this past summer, and they they were not even looking for a return. 
They just said, just take him off of our hands. We'd like to move on. And they couldn't get a taker. They teams wanted the caps to retain money. Yeah, well he's five point seven million. Yeah, but here's the thing. He's actually had a pretty good year. He's got 16 goals. He's already up to 16 goals, and he's got size. And you can start to see some flashes again of why that was such a lopsided trade to get him a few years ago. A trade that, by the way, both teams are absolutely miserable on. (laughs) Well, why don't you explain to the listeners who Detroit got the trade? Well, Detroit got Jacob Verana and Richard Ponick, but they also got a first and a second. So they weren't that disappointed on it, but they ended up buying Verana out. Did they not, or did they put him on waivers? And- no, Verana was traded to St. Louis. Oh, and they retained... And, and that they re- first round pick, by the way, do you know who it ended up being? Uh, well, it was... Uh, let's He's see. in Dallas, and it's Wyatt Johnson. Oh, don't even bring that So don't just even- kind of goes to show you the Caps not happy with Mantha, eminently available, and the Red Wings definitely not happy giving up so much. Yeah, and uh, Wyatt Johnson, in an interview with 32 Thoughts with Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick, basically credited Paul Coffey with helping get him to the NHL. And um, the orders, Paul Coffey wasn't with the team at that time, and Tyler Wright never talked to him. To Paul Coffey, apparently. Well, he's yeah. been a hell of a player. I well, mean, that, and the orders, he's a big reason why that Stars team is so well-situated that I, I think you're going to see Dallas make a move for a depth defenseman. How, how but about, I think how Tim about Dill Hurley has assembled a heck of a team. How about Harley this year? Thomas Harley. It, it, it's not just Harley, but like, tell me, when you look at that roster, tell me where the holes are. Oh, they got a good team. They could win. 100%. They could win. Frank, we're up against the clock. Thanks for joining us in Oilers now. Yeah, hey, I'm looking forward to listening uh, to Mr. Chalk to get the report on Broberg and see where he's at. All right. I have a feeling he could be a big part of the Edmonton Oilers deadline and then moving forward. Okay, there we go. That's Daily Faceoffs Frank Cervelli. He's our Oilers now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Trent and Trevor Wilhawk. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Reminder, guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Edmonton's favorite place to celebrate your special occasion. Try a Wagyu steak today. It is uh, 627. We did it again. We blew right through a set of breaks. Uh, We're going to go into a global news weather traffic update at 630 with Zach Ferguson. Come back with Colin Chalk.